Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. All right, Donald Trump stokes political violence, and then he turns around and pretends to condemn it. And we saw the results of that yesterday. Hey, what do you say, everybody? It is Thursday, uh, Thursday, October 25. This is the Bill Press Show. Hello, hello, hello. Good to see you. As we come to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's nation's capital, uh, and joining you here to start off the day and to continue your day with all the news of the moment. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., from New York City, a lot of it today, uh, from still Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia, and then uh, Donald Trump out in Wisconsin last night and a big debate again, yet a big debate in the uh, governor's race down in Florida, uh, where Ron DeSantis scrambling, as uh, Andrew Gillum shows, the stuff that he has made of and the leadership uh, qualities that he has. So good to see you today. We've got lots and lots going on here. Look forward to hearing from you and your comments on Twitter, at uh, BP Show. From the Hill, Melanie Zanona, Zanona joins us uh, today uh, to uh, take us through the, help take us through the news of the day. Elena Treen from Axios will be joining us as well to talk about the uh, midterms. Uh, boy, some of those races really close. Out in Missouri, for example, right now, it shows that uh, uh, Claire McCaskill has a point zero point two lead uh, over uh, the uh, Josh Hawley, the attorney general out there. Uh, very close races. We'll take a look at some of those with uh, Elena Treen. And then Alice Alstein from Politico. Uh, what's the truth about the pre-existing conditions? Are Republicans really trying to save them and Democrats take them away? All of that coming up today on this edition of the uh, Bill Press Show. So stay with us and we'll jump right into all the news of the day. And again, most importantly, your comments on Twitter. We want to hear from you what you think about the news of the day. Send us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. But first... 
This is the Full Court Press. All right, just a couple of other stories making news. Game two of the World Series was last night, and yet again, Bill, the Boston Red Sox showed up big time. Here it is. Swing and a looper to right field. Sinking fast. It gets down for a base hit. Mookie scores. Here comes Benny. <laughs> he scores two. Hot to third. Pierce. 4-2 Red Sox. Yes, indeed. 4-2 Red Sox. That was the two-run single by J.D. Martinez that he hit in the fifth inning. Drove in two runs to make it 4-2. That would be the final score. The Dodgers are in quite a hole now, Bill. They've lost. I know. Two games. I must. I must say, I've changed my allegiance to the Red Sox. <laughs> I never really you can't ha- do that. No, I, I never really hated the Red Sox. I was really torn, but it's hard not to like the Red Sox. They're. Really I gotta a say, good team. I, I, I'm a longtime Red Sox hater, but uh, I'm, a, I'm an even longer time Dodgers hater. But th- this Boston Red Sox team is very likable. They've got a. They they've are. got a lot of really, really good, talented. But people. David Price and another incredible pr- pitcher. And you know, so uh, I watched. A good building, but when I went to bed, uh, the uh, Dodgers were ahead two to one, and that's the first time in the postseason, like forever, that the Red Sox have been behind on the yeah. score on the scoreboard. Yeah, they're so, they're such a dominant team, and if you've watched yeah. if you watch them at all during the season, oh. offensively, <laughs> they're just they, a, they're, I mean they're a powerhouse. Oh yeah, they're a powerhouse. Uh, two outs. You think everything's over in an inning? That's when they come alive. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's just no stop. Incredible series. By the way, this is a crazy story. Archaeologists have found what they believe to be the oldest intact shipwreck. It is at the bottom of the Black Sea. They say it has laid there for 2,400 years. They think that it is an ancient Greek vessel. It was discovered with its mast, rudders, and rowing benches all present and... Huh. Intact, and there's a picture of it. it it's it, it looks like a ship. I mean, it's not mm. like ruins, and it's not just a pile of wood at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, they say that the lack of oxygen at the depth that it was uh, found preserved it and helped keep it sort of intact. So, uh, fascinating, fascinating story. They you know, if they ever if they ever raised it, old. it would disintegrate. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they actually talk about they're they're trying to figure out. What leave they should there. do with just it. I, it I agree. Just leave it there. Just yeah. leave it there. There's nothing that says you got to bring it out. Just leave it. This is the Bill Press Show. It's not over yet. Yet another pipe bomb found this morning in New York City. This one at the restaurant owned by Robert De Niro, another Trump critic, another target of the pipe bomber. What do you say, everybody? Hello, hello, hello on a Thursday, Thursday, October 25. So good to see you today. Thank you for joining us. It is the Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed. We're with you again to start off the day with the news of the day, bringing you Uh, All the latest, uh, whether it's on the uh, scary, scary and really just uh, disgusting, uh, despicable pipe bomb attacks yesterday on several leading Democrats and on CNN, uh, again, continues this morning. The law enforcement authorities, particularly the New York, the NYPD, are really on the job. Uh, 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 The Khashoggi case continues. With uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman just denouncing a heinous crime 
yesterday. Yeah, a heinous crime whose uh, whose uh, that his fingerprints are all over. Uh, the midterm races around the country continue to spark a lot of attention, a lot of interest. There are so many very close races, so many toss-ups. The Dow, uh, the market all across the board, the S&P and the Dow and the NASDAQ crashing yesterday and wiping out all the gains of the year so far. 2018, and this is the end of October, anything gained by anybody in the market lost yesterday with a tremendous boom, uh, sort of cutting the rug out from under Donald Trump, who keeps bragging about how well the, how well the market is doing. Uh, and the World Series, the Red Sox pulling ahead 4-2 to two last night, 2 to nothing in the series. Now they go back to Los Angeles, where the Dodgers will try to recoup, but those Red, so- Red Sox are hot, hot, hot. Yes, indeed, all of that to talk about and a whole lot more. Uh, with our guest today as we reach out to you from our studio on Capitol Hill online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Looking at you on the great free speech TV, the country's only progressive TV channel, cable channel, free speech TV. We are proud to be part of it and also proud to join you on the radio statewide in Indiana on Indiana Talks. Another, another very tight race there with Joe Donnelly holding his lead. Uh, for Indiana, to get, uh, re-elected as the uh, great Democratic senator from Indiana. And out in the greater Chicago area, we join you, of course, on WCPT, the big governor's race out there, J.B. Pritzker, the next gov- Pritzker, the next governor of Illinois. Lots to talk about. Let, let's start with, yes, indeed, even a brain-dead, tiny brain Trump supporter could not miss the connection between Democratic targets of Donald Trump and Democratic targets of a pipe bomber. It is as clear as day. He, Donald Trump, singled these people out. The pipe bomber singled singled these people out. And yesterday we saw it's now a total of eight bombs, including one this morning, and they are all people that Donald Trump has personally and repeatedly attacked, starting with George Soros a couple of days ago. Uh, it was George Soros, he accused, uh, right, of funding a caravan full of criminals coming up to the United States with zero evidence, of course, bomb number one. Uh, at every campaign rally during the ca- when he was running for office and now as president at every rally, uh, he talks about crooked Hillary and the crowd chants lock her up. They did again last night. Bomb number two. With zero evidence, he accused Barack Obama of wiretapping Trump Tower. Continues to blame everything on Obama. Bomb number three. He routinely demeans Congresswoman Maxine Waters by calling her low IQ Maxine. Bomb number four. He warned that uh, Eric Holder would be gobbled up if he tried to run for president and accuse him of uh, inciting violence. Uh, That's bomb number five. Uh, He recently called former CIA director John Brennan a lowlife, bomb number six, which was addressed to CNN headquarters in New York. This guy thinking that John Brennan worked for CNN instead of for NBC or ABC, whichever one he works for. Uh, And uh, that was bomb number, number six. Uh, this morning, bomb number seven, lost track of that one. I mean, there's so many. 
And um, yeah, like one went to Andrew Cuomo says he got. Uh, that's one. right. Andrew that's Cuomo would be number seven. I'm sure with that. But this morning bomb number eight against uh, directed for at actor Robert De Niro. It was mailed to his restaurant in Tribeca in New York, uh, picked up by the New York uh, PD this morning, uh, and they have put it in that uh, special little truck they've got. Incredible little truck nuts. where they well, put we've the seen bomb a lot inside. Of it. We've seen a lot and of it the last it. 24 it's, hours. It's like the, the, uh, the OJ white van. Yeah, the Bronco. The, the it, Bronco. it really is. Uh, so it's like, I followed it going out of New York somewhere to some site where they've got where they can dispose of these things. So that's the latest one. Uh, this morning. Yeah. Uh, but indeed, it is disgusting and and very, very clearly targeted again at, at de- Democrats who've been critical of Donald Trump, Democrats who have been singled out by Donald Trump for his abuse. Uh, and then Donald Trump has the audacity yesterday to stand up and denounce these attacks as if he did, had no impact on them at all and say it was time to unify the country. You know what? You can't do that, Donald. The man who has done more to divide this country than anybody else in our history. There is no president, no politician, who is engaged in the ugly, divisive talk that Donald Trump has from day one. That man is incapable of uniting this country, unifying this country. It doesn't. It, it doesn't work. It will not work from from Donald Trump. Again, you look at his rhetoric. We've seen it all along. You look at the people he targeted. You look at the people who are the targets of these bombs, and you cannot. You can. Nobody can fail to see the connection. Words have consequences, and you know the other thing. We'll listen to some of the sound, but the other thing is to, uh, yeah, the, the people, the pious people who got up yesterday and say. Oh, this just proves we all have to cool our rhetoric, like on both sides. Give me a break. You show me one Democrat who has called rep- all, every Republican evil. I mean, that, that, that has consequences. You show me one Democrat who has identified the, any member of the Republican Party as a member of a mob, right? You show me one Democrat who has said, that the Democrat, that the Republicans are too dangerous to govern. This is the stuff that Donald Trump says at every rally. You know, it, it, and there are crazy people out there who hear that and say, "Boop, green light." We've been going through this period the last uh, couple months of, you know, this Democratic mob that they talk about, right? Because uh, yeah. there are there are Democrats uh, and activists who are showing up where some of these politicians are eating dinner and. Uh, letting them know how they feel uh, about certain policies, yeah. and there's there's a whole debate over whether or not that's appropriate, and and that's yeah. fine. It, it, certainly, yeah. it's certainly no, it's, I don't support it. But you know what? That's not a mob. That's, 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 that's what I was going to say. So, like, is it civil? No, and incivility is not necessarily something that we, you know, or, or civility isn't something that we must have to get the political process done. It, civility, I think, you can throw it out the window these days. But, but again, and it's born is, from Donald Trump. But, again, but violence is, is something completely different. Totally different. And this is not a mob. This is one Yahoo who's is doing that on. This, they're not sent by the Democratic Party. They're no. not condoned by the Democratic Party. They're not part of the Democratic Party. I mean, to go from that to every Democrat is evil, right? right? Th- those words have 
tons of consequences. And people, so there's sick people out there who hear those and they are emboldened by that. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, here, here again, on, so this broke yesterday, just to bring us up to date. Right, it broke yesterday, in, in not long after the show. Um, um, and first of all, on Fox, so Bill Hammer had a guest on who was again giving this old bromide about both sides. You'd have to be, it, it's the moral equivalency, which is so phony. The, the red hot violent rhetoric is coming from one side. It's coming from the Republican side, and it's coming from one guy, Donald Trump. So here's this guy giving this bromide about both sides have to watch it. And then the news breaks. My fear is that intimidation turns to violence. And I agree with what's been said here. Uh, both sides need both to ramp sides. it down. The both good sides. news is yeah. you're right. The vast majority of Americans don't buy into this. Well, we um, have some breaking news now. I mean, on the uh, loans, yeah. along the oh. same vein, we've got a statement from Sarah Sanders on these suspicious packages. Roll it, guys. Fox News alert. Now, here's the statement from Sarah Sanders from the White House a moment ago. We condemn the attempted violent attacks recently made against President Obama, President Clinton, Secretary Clinton, other public yeah. figures. These terrorizing acts are despicable, and anyone responsible will be held accountable. And, yeah, I mean... So right in the middle of there, trying to I mean, blame both sides right and find Q. out that, yeah, right on, that all the bombs aimed at one side, the again, the targets of Donald Trump's rhetoric. It's uh, amazing that this Republican that they had on talking about how the rhetoric could turn to violence, he's right. Yeah, he was talking about... What? He was talking about, you know, Democratic protesters who were mad at Mitch McConnell and, were, yeah. and let him know about it in the restaurant. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, right. it's it's the other side. Yeah, and on CNN, uh, of course, again, you call CNN the enemy of the American people. You don't just say CNN's biased, right? You call them the enemy of the American people. Again, some people see them as a legitimate attack for an act of violence. So Jim Shuto and Poppy Harlow are uh, on their morning show. Starts at nine o'clock. Uh, and suddenly, on the air, you can hear the sirens warning people to get out of the building. We'll keep you posted on that, but to have projectiles, that, that is a uh, feature you will often see in, in bombs that terrorists use in, in Afghanistan elsewhere. ISIS has used uh, that kind of bomb before. It doesn't mean it's exclusive uh, just to those kinds of terrorist groups, but that is a significant development. Well, you know, I know that studio and I know that building well because I go up there so often for CNN. It's a huge building. Uh, right there on 58th Street, Columbus Circle, they evacuated the entire building. I don't know where they evacuated the Whole Foods and the shops and that part, but because CNN is just a little bit up the street, uh, but they evacuated the entire CNN complex, and there were just hordes of people pouring out into the street. And then the CNN anchors, up until about late yesterday afternoon, were broadcasting from the street. They're doing it last night. Anderson Cooper did his show from the street. Oh, did he really? I thought they were back inside by then. But they were, uh, yeah, they were outside the building on 58th Street, uh, right across uh, from the subway, I might point out, and the little sushi restaurant that's right there. And the, uh, (laughs) I know that neighborhood well. But but you can hear the cars going by and people walking by, the sirens going by. Uh, And meanwhile, Mayor de Blasio was there saying, no matter what you think of the media, no place for this kind of violence. You can disagree with the media, but there's no place in this society for calling for violence against the people who report the news. And then, again, Donald Trump had the gall 
Of course, doesn't so there are pipe bombs showing up all over the place, right? What's Donald Trump do? He holds another campaign rally. I saw this morning the 38th campaign rally in two years. And he's not running for re-election, technically. There's, right? I mean, anyhow, he, <laughs> well. It's amazing, man. Yeah. He had a rally in the middle of the Khashoggi murder. Yeah, thing who cares? That, the, day, the day that broke, It's right? all about it. He had a rally when there was a hurricane coming. A hurricane. He didn't want to let his fans down. Yeah, yeah, right. So he has another rally in Wisconsin last night. And before he goes, he they, they put this phony photo op together in the White House so he can denounce the violence and say we have to unify. He He sounds so insincere when he says this. In these times... We have to unify. We have to come together and send one very clear, strong, unmistakable message that acts or threats of political violence of any kind have no place in the United States of America. Donald, wake uh, up. Whoa, wake up, Donald. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Acts of violence have no, political violence have no place in the United States of America. This is the same guy who less than a week ago He's out in Montana saluting the now Republican member of Congress who body slammed a reporter. By the way, never wrestle him. You understand that? Never. Any guy that can do a body slam, he's my kind. Yeah, my kind of guy. Anybody can do a body slam. Yep. This is the same man who said, yeah, you punch him out. I'll pay your legal fees. You just punch him out. Yeah, that's what we ought to do. Punch him out. Yeah. And then he, then he has the audacity to stand up there as if people don't see right through it and as if he is not numero uno offender uh, and offensive uh, in turn when it comes to hate speech, actual hate speech. As um, uh, Andrew Cuomo said, Governor Cuomo said yesterday, he's the head of the hate parade. Uh, in the United States of America. Um, and, and again, just so Donald Trump went out last Again, he said last night, we have to, um, he said so much. That first, he blamed it, among other stuff, it's just so much as he's looking through. He blamed a lot of it, this is at the rally last night, on the media, right? Saying, it's the media that's using all this hate language. The media also has a responsibility to set a civil tone and to stop the endless hostility and constant negative and oftentimes false attacks and stories. Have to do it. Oh, boy. Hostility? Oh, man. In the media? Yeah. Well, I mean, not everything the media reports happens to show Donald Trump in a favorable light. But guess what? Ain't the media's fault just reporting the facts. And the market goes down 600, uh, and Donald Trump's been bragging about how good it's doing. You report the facts. That's not hostility. That's that's doing their job, right? The market reports, or the, the New York Times reports, as they do this morning, that people from the beginning have been telling Donald Trump to stop using your iPhone because people can listen in on your iPhone. And now our intelligence agencies know that China and Russia are both listening in on Donald Trump's iPhone and he continues to use it. But that's not hostility to report that, that he's so monumentally stupid 
That's the facts. That's telling the facts. And then he goes on last night to say, so now does the media have to stop the utility, the, the hostility? Uh, again, the irony of it. But he says, um, we all have to, we, you can't call your political opponents this, Donald Trump. You can't call your political opponents morally defective. No one should carelessly compare <coughs> political opponents to historical villains, which is done often. It's done all the time. Got to stop. Again, again, Donald Trump calling Democrats evil. The opposition, he says, is evil. They are too dangerous to govern. And he refers to the Democratic Party as the mob. And you know all the connotations of the mob. And then he turns out and says, oh, we have to. No, we can't call our opponents morally defective. This is like the one. You know what? I'm convinced there is no God. If there were a God, <laughs> God would strike him dead on the spot. There would be a lightning bolt would strike him dead on the spot. So, exactly. I mean, to think that these words are coming out of Donald, Tr- Donald Trump's mouth is amazing. He's Disgusting. tweeted. Disgusting. By the way, oh. I just want to read his tweet. Oh, yeah. He says uh, just a couple moments ago, a very big <laughs> part of the anger we see today in our society is caused by the purposely false and an accurate reporting of the mainstream media that I refer to as the fake news. It has gotten so bad and hateful that it is beyond description. Mainstream media must clean up its act fast. Oh, yeah. Now he's going to blame blame all of this on the media, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blame all these eight pipe bombs yesterday. The media caused it. He didn't. B.S. He did himself. I mean, you there's a... This, you can make the direct connection between the people that Donald Trump has attacked, continues to attack relentlessly every time he's out there, and the people that the pipe bomber attacked. Boom, boom. A, one plus one equals two. Uh, so we'll keep on top of that. I wouldn't be surprised if they find another suspicious package before the end of the uh, program. We did mention yesterday the Dow crashing, uh, the the market crashing across the board. Every one of the indexes crashed. Uh, the Dow was down 608 points. It's the biggest loss this year. And that plus the earlier uh, week or so ago uh, crash means that all the save, all the advances, right? Rather, all the gains. Think about that. This is huge. All the gains of 2018. Everything you might have made if you have a portfolio, if you got a 401k. If you've got an IRA, whatever, every gain made in 2018 wiped out yesterday. Uh, and uh, analysts have said the reason is because they see global instability now, partly caused by Donald Trump's flopping around with starting trade wars here and there. Uh, investors are also concerned about the growing trade war between China and the United States. <clears throat> Donald Trump's doing, and also concerned about the impact of tariffs uh, on world trade, Donald Trump's doing. Uh, there you go. Uh, Donald Trump um, hasn't said, by the way, Donald Trump hasn't said beans uh, about that. A couple of issues to talk about. Megan Kelly. Looks like Megan Kelly is going to soon be out at NBC. Remember, they picked her up from Fox News. Uh, We said at the time, Peter, I remember very clearly that this was not going to work. They were paying her NBC 
for this. So she followed the Today Show with her own show starting at 9 o'clock. It has been a bust from the beginning. Total bust. Total bust. Never got the ratings. Never been there two years now. Paying her $23 million a year. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Andrew. That's an expensive mistake. Expensive mistake, yes. And uh, a couple of days ago, she was saying, what's wrong with wearing? She said, actually said, what's wrong with wearing blackface on Halloween, right? I mean, this isn't racist. We're just being too polit- She actually said this. We're just being too politically correct. She says, I remember when I was a little girl, people would wear blackface, and it was just fun, you know? Yeah. But By the way, I remember when I was a little boy, people would wear blackface in minstrels. Yeah. Yeah. It was wrong. It was racist then, and it's racist today. I, and I can't believe that, that we still have to have this annual that, conversation at Halloween about no. whether or not it's okay for white people to put on blackface for yeah, costume. Yeah. No. 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 And so she said, and then the next day she apologized, uh, like a little bit too late. Uh, and um, so uh, talks are underway. Uh, it's reported this morning. Brian Stelter from NBC News reports that um, it's all over for for her. Um, good. I mean, again, what an expensive mistake. And it's not like they couldn't have seen this coming, right? I mean, this this is sort of a pattern for Megyn Kelly when she was on Fox News. She, Absolutely. As good as she was, and she yeah. was good a lot of the yeah. time, she said a lot of very problematic things yeah. and went in a lot of directions that she should not have gone, uh, gone into as a journalist. Right. Uh, almost as bad as Donald Trump uh, denouncing, uh, blaming uh, this uh, these pipe bombs on the media uh, assume, uh, pretending he had nothing to do with it, uh, was a speech yesterday that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia made in front of his economic summit where he denounced the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, journalist, as a heinous crime. Uh, well, he's right about that. <laughs> yeah, but what he didn't say is uh, it's a heinous crime that I sort of ordered because I thought we had to get rid of this guy and uh, I sent my goons over there to do it. Uh, and uh, they did a pretty good job because nobody's found the body yet. So, you know, mm-mm, no. I mean, God. Yeah, that's like O.J. coming out and saying, oh, man, whatever happened to Nicole, man, that was really rough. I don't know who did that. they got to be brought to justice. It's just disgusting that this guy, it looks like, is going to get away with it. Um, a little shout-out this morning to um, Michael Bloomberg. By the way, all the talk about, I just want to point this out, all the talk about the money that George Soros gives, I mean, he's always, they always paint him as the bad man, the boogeyman of democratic politics. George Soros, I just saw the number this morning, uh, he has given this year $13 million to democratic candidates. That's a lot of money. Tom Steyer has spent like $50 million on his campaign to uh, impeach Donald Trump. Uh, on the Republican side, Sheldon Adelson has given like $100 million to the Republican Party. The Koch brothers, $400 million they were raising for the midterms, 400 from themselves and their, their uh, business colleagues. Uh, so, I mean, th- th- <laughs> Soros gets attacked for giving more money than he ever gives. I mean, I'm not saying $13 million is not a lot of money, but uh, he, he is he's in the second tier of the big spenders. And one of the big spenders yesterday, again, Michael Bloomberg stepped up to the plate. Michael Bloomberg has given already this year $80 million to House races and governor's races. 
Uh, and yesterday he said he's putting down another $20 million for Senate races to help Democratic Senate candidates in Senate races. So Michael Bloomberg on board with $100 million for uh, 2018. And uh, I would say if you are thinking about running for president in 2020, which apparently he is, that's kind of a good down payment. Uh, and uh, we salute and thank Michael Bloomberg for putting his money where his mouth is. Man, what a busy news day. Uh, keep up with it by staying right here on the Bill Press Show. And help us out by sending us your comments on the news of the day on Twitter, uh, at BP Show. More news of the day uh, to catch up with. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Melanie Zanona joining us, staff writer from the great newspaper, The Hill, here on a Thursday edition of The Bill Press Show. Take The Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and catch the highlights from every show. Ah, uh, yes, indeed, uh, The Bill Press Show. Here we go. On a big Thursday, Thursday, October 25. Uh, so good to see you today. And uh, we are um, very pleased that you make us your choice uh, every uh, this time in the morning to catch up with the news of the day before you start the day, uh, whether you're joining us online, on YouTube, or on uh, free speech, uh, 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 online YouTube, on free speech TV, or on the radio. As we come to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill, where we're brought to you today by the American Federation of Government Employees, those good men and women of the AFGE under President J. David Cox. Proud to they take care of our federal agencies, keep them running. They're proud to get up and work for America every single day. Uh, salute those good people at their website, afge.org. Uh, and uh, another reminder, uh, for your reading pleasure, and just to add it all together, you know, you want to make the case with your friends about why Donald Trump is so bad. I try to help you do this here with uh, this my new book, Trump Must Go, the Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump and Maybe One to Keep Him. Go to our website, billpressshow.com, to order your copy, or you can pick it up at your local bookstore or, of course, online, wherever you buy books. Uh, and, um, Peter, we're looking at some comments from a little earlier. Yes, indeed. Lots of comments on Twitter at BP show at BP show. Uh, Luna says the president's main job is to keep Americans safe. He has proven that he is frightened of dictators and he can't even keep us safe at home. He is weak and incompetent. On your book, Trump Must Go, Audio <laughs> Jode says, Bill, I have a list for keeping Trump. Zero. Trump must go. Trump must go. Trump must go. Yes, I think that's that's uh, that's absolutely right. Tom weighing in on Donald Trump blaming the media for some of the hostility in this country. Tom says Trump blaming the media is pure gaslighting. It's incredibly shameful. Uh, we also have a poll up on Twitter at BP show. Should Megyn Kelly's show be canceled after her public defense mm -hmm. of blackface? Uh, you can answer yes or no, or she should be suspended but not canceled. Those are your options there if you want to weigh in uh, on Twitter at BP show. And also um, yesterday we uh, 
had another poll uh, that we uh, have some uh, responses to. Uh, will a new nuclear weapons arm race begin with Russia if Trump leaves the treaty? Uh, that was up yesterday. 65% of you say yes. 15% of you say no. Uh, go check that out at BP Show on Twitter at BP Show. Indeed. Uh, the idea that this morning, uh, and Peter, you just read the, uh, the latest uh, tweet from Donald Trump, uh, where he says, a very big part of the anger we see today in our society is caused by the purposely false and inaccurate reporting of the mainstream media. Uh, I mean, how jarring that at the moment where we are experiencing, yet this morning, an eighth pipe bomb discovered, uh, and they're still investigating, among others, the pipe bomb that was delivered to CNN yesterday in New York at Time Warner Center, and uh, forcing the evac- evacuation of the CNN headquarters. And by the way, causing a chilling effect in newsrooms, TV stations across the country, because who knew who knew who was going to be the next target uh, of a pipe bomb? And the middle of all of this real fear caused by this pipe bomber, Donald Trump is renewing his attacks on the media this morning. So the pipe bomber is planting pipe bombs in media offices and Donald Trump is attacking the media at the same time while saying we need to unify the country. Am I the only one that that doesn't add up for, that this doesn't add up for? I mean, this is insane and just shows how off the rails he is. Uh, And again, um, you know, every poll that I've seen shows that the American people, the overwhelming majority of the American people said Donald Trump has done more to divide this country than any other president, has done more to disunify the country than any other president, and has done more to incite political violence and practice Political. I mean, he may not have thrown a punch at anybody, but he encourages others to do so, right? Look, we, which you know, is the same thing. We've covered Donald Trump's campaign from the very beginning. We saw his rallies. We saw the rhetoric. We know that he uh, – and we've forgotten about a lot of this, frankly. Uh, part of it is because of the blizzard of, of crazy things that he said. But, like, he's – He's been saying this for a long, long time, encouraging violence. We yep. played the Gianforte clip about how he anybody that can body slam reporters, his kind of guy. But there's a long history of this. Yeah, there is. And in, and thanks to our good friends at Mashable, uh, they've gone back uh, and strung together. It takes a little while, to, to, but there are a lot of them. They've strung together a little montage. Here is Donald Trump's uh, a collection of some, let's point out, not the exhaustive thing. No, this is, yeah, this, this is, is just some. some of Donald Trump's incitements to political violence. Knock the crap out of him. Like to punch him in the face. I don't condone violence, and uh, I don't talk about violence. I would have done well, but I would have been boom, 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 I'll beat that. I don't know if I'll do the fighting myself or if other people will. Maybe he should have been roughed up because it was absolutely disgusting what he was doing. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. 
And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. We've become weak. We've become weak. And you know what? The audience swung back. And I thought it was very, very appropriate. The audience hit back. And that's what we need a little bit more of. Now, part of the problem and part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, right? I don't know if I would have done well, but I would have been out there fighting, folks. I don't know if I would have done well, but I would have been boom, 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 I'll beat that. Do you plan on paying for the legal fees of this older gentleman in North Carolina who sucker punched the protester? From what I understand, he was sick, sticking a certain finger up in the air. And, 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 and oh. that is a uh, terrible thing to do and in that, front of somebody oh. that, frankly, wants to see America made great again. It's possible you could help him with legal fees if this man needs it. I've actually instructed my people to look into it, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Inciting the violence. Holy cow. That's really stunning to hear that all over again, right? You forget just how ugly, ugly he can be and is. Uh, But you hear him there uh, inciting people to violence, encouraging people to throw punches, and promising to pay for their legal fees and regretting that he himself can't do it or isn't, and, and, and kind of regretting that times have passed in the old days you could do it and get away with it. You know, the, I isolated one clip in that that I f- completely don't remember at all, but I think is very, very telling. And just imagine you're a supporter of Donald Trump. You think that this is the future for the country. He's going to save us from whatever ills you are worried about, right? Like, this is your candidate. And your candidate, the person that you are voting for to lead the country, tells you this. And part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, right? Just imagine. Just imagine that that's the message you're getting from your leader. Nobody wants to hurt anybody anymore. And that's the reason that things aren't getting done. That's what's wrong with America. Yeah. So when you say make America great again, right, yeah. it means let's go back to, right, mm-hmm, yeah. Let's go back to- And part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, That's right? insane. That's insane. Whoa. Yeah, right. Uh, and again, if you're just catching up with us, uh, we are this morning reporting on the eighth pipe bomb that has been found uh, in New York City. Uh, the targets of the other seven, of course- are um, Hillary, uh, George Soros, starting with George Soros, then with Hillary Clinton, uh, with Barack Obama, uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, that happened to be in Washington, um, same as uh, Barack Obama's, with Eric Holder, former CIA director John Brennan, Governor Andrew Cuomo, and now actor Robert De Niro. Uh, Six out of eight of them in New York, the eighth one found this morning. Uh, and Donald Trump uh, out there on the campaign trail saying, well, we need to unify the country, says the man who has done more to divide the country, uh, and continues to do so this morning by, while the media is covering the pipe bombs directed against the media, uh, the mem- uh, CNN and top Democrats, uh, Donald Trump is out there continuing his attacks on the media. Words have consequences. And Donald Trump must, should, and must be held responsible for the consequences of his words, which we see today. Thank God not one of these bombs exploded. And good for the law enforcement people who got there fast, got these devices, 
threw him in that special bomb truck they've got and got him out of there. Right? You know, it, 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 that's I, just because of their good work. I, I think it's just a matter of time before we find out who sent these bombs. Right? I do too. Uh, I, I think that's coming, and it's going to take some time for them to to, to figure it out. Um, but you know, they were saying that the way that these bombs were put together and the way that they were engineered. Um, part of the way that it was done because they had to send it through the mail and it couldn't be you know of a certain weight they wanted to keep it under a certain weight uh that every bomb maker has a signature right whether they mean to or not and every Uh, one of these looked the same exactly package looked the same the bomb was the same even there was like a weird this there was a weird uh like in isis right like type of lettering you know like you see the isis flags it said get her done Oh, I didn't see that. Which yeah, is but, like almost comical, uh, right. the fact that it was so on brand for a Trump supporter. Yeah, you know, and I, this, I'm certainly not a bomb expert, but listening to bomb experts yesterday, they were saying that whoever did this was no amateur, but at the same time, they were pretty crude devices uh, and left lots of signature and lots of fingerprints behind. The way they were done, the way they were packaged, uh, the bombs were made with PVC uh, to keep the weight down. As Peter mentioned, uh, the goal seemed to be to keep the weight down so they could be dropped off in a postal box and a person would not have to walk inside the post office and mail it and therefore be picked up on uh, surveillance cameras. Uh, uh, but but enough signatures, even fingerprints on these packages uh, that could lead authorities uh, back to um, and at the area that they were mailed from and then to the person or persons. Uh, that mailed them. Uh, you know, with all this attention to the bombs, we lost track of the caravan. They were on the move again yesterday. Uh, it's interesting. I did uh, uh, the great, uh, I love the show, Here and Now on uh, NPR uh, yesterday. Um, and I was asked the question, well, Donald Trump's talking about this all the time. Why aren't Democrats talking more about the caravan? Right. Uh, and I said, you know what? Here's what I think. I haven't talked to Democratic candidates or leaders about that, but here's what I think is that Donald Trump is trying to make the caravan the subject of the 2018 and the issue for the 2018 midterm elections, and Democrats don't want to walk into that trap. They they see what he's up to, and they're not going to walk into that trap. I mean, as we've pointed out, if the caravan continues at its present pace, it's about a month and a half before they could possibly reach the U.S. border, number one. And number two, given the numbers of past caravans, um, we're not. this is not an assault on America. These people are not going to come to the border and immediately flood across the border uh, and steal jobs from Americans or do whatever Donald Trump is afraid that they're going to do. It's just it is a, 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 a myth and, and a and, and just an object of fear that he is trying to whip up. Uh, and by the way, so it was reported last night that about the seven, of the 7,000 people in the caravan, about 1,700 have now sought asylum in Mexico, and some 500 have actually announced that they are turning back and going back to Honduras or Guatemala, where they came from. So the caravan itself is starting to lose steam uh meaning taking that that and the and the crash of the dow yesterday taking two arg- t- two cases where uh things the the facts 
right? And the reality is taking a little steam out of Donald Trump's excessive campaign rhetoric. You know, there was a graphic going around uh, online. CNN had this graphic showing the caravan and sort of the progress that it's making. Uh, And when you look at the map of where they started and where they are now, they are so far away from the border. As you mentioned, like, they're not going to be here before the midterm elections. They might not even be here before the end of the year. They're so far away. (laughs) And Donald Trump doesn't want us to talk about the fact That, for example, uh, Mitch McConnell said, you keep us in charge and we're going to go after Obamacare again. We're going to repeal it again. We're going to try to repeal it again. Um, Republicans don't want Democrats to be talking about the fact that Mitch McConnell also said, you keep us in charge and uh, we're going to go after. He said this. We're going to go after Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security because we got to cut them in order to um, deal with this uh, ballooning federal deficit under Donald Trump. Now, Republicans don't want Democrats talking about that. Republicans don't want Democrats talking about that. The Republican Party is under a massive assault to do away with protection for people who have pre-existing conditions. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later with Alice Olstein from Politico. But the fact is... Donald Trump is out there saying Republicans are going to protect people with pre-existing conditions. Democrats want to take that protection away. You could not have a bigger lie told by Donald Trump. I mean, fear and falsehoods, that's his MO for this midterm campaigns. The pre-existing conditions is an absolute lie. The fact is there are some 25 attorneys general who have filed a lawsuit to do away with that protection for pre-existing conditions, which is contained in Obamacare. And the Trump administration is a partner to that lawsuit. The Trump, Hear me again, please. Hear me out. The Donald Trump White House, no matter what he says, is a partner to a lawsuit that will do away with that provision of Obamacare, number one. Number two, Donald Trump's mission is to repeal Obamacare from day one. That's been his mission. Where is the protection for people with pre-existing conditions contained? In Obamacare. That's where it started. That's the only place it exists. So that's two ways that the Trump administration is trying to get rid of, uh, of the protection for pre-existing conditions. So this idea that they are going to save people and the Democrats are not is a total, total, absolute lie. Uh, and again... Donald Trump doesn't want us to talk about that. Donald Trump would rather that Democrats be talking about the caravan, like he's talking about. And I salute Democratic leaders for not walking into that trap. Don't get into it. It's not a threat to the United States. These people are not criminals. They're not terrorists. It is not the number one issue facing the American people today. Uh, And uh, don't let Donald Trump distract all of us. I think the media is paying too much attention to the caravan. Uh, By the way, on the midterm front, some very, very interesting races that we've been following. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about Missouri, but that race is so close. I've never seen a race that close. I looked at it yesterday. So for real clear politics, the, the, um, the margin between uh, Claire McCaskill, senator, uh, Democratic senator, up for re-election, uh, great lady, I uh, hope she makes it. I think she will. Uh, she's running against Josh Hawley, the attorney general for Missouri. He's a tough candidate. 
Uh, the margin is Hawley is ahead by 46%. This is the average, uh, according to Real Clear Politics. <coughs> Pardon me. 46% to 45.8%. Hawley is ahead by 0.2 points. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, but and just to show what a challenge Clem McCaskill has, Donald Trump carried Missouri by 20 points in 2016. Um, that race has never been more than four points apart. It's been neck and neck like from the beginning. It's a total toss-up. Uh, and we uh, played a couple of clips yesterday from the debate between uh, Stacey Abrams for governor of Georgia and Brian Kemp. This is another race that is very, very, very close and has been from the beginning at the present time. According to Real Clear Politics, the average is uh, 1.5 Kemp ahead by 1.5, 47.8 to 46.3. Oh, man. But a big deal. Yesterday, a judge said, you know, uh, Kemp is the uh, Secretary of State of Virginia of uh, Georgia, uh, and he has been the architect of a lot of attempts to suppress the vote. They closed. He closed some 200 polling places, which impact about 8% of the Georgia electorate. Um, and he had said there were 50,000 new registration, voter registrations that he refused to certify because he said there might have been some glitch in their signature. A judge yesterday said they have to allow all 50,000 of those people to vote, yeah. which is a, a good big victory for Stacey Abrams uh, and could make the difference uh, in that race down there and also just shows that Brian Kemp was trying to deliberately to suppress the vote, particularly among people of color, uh, to hurt Stacey Abrams and help in. This is a guy, talk about blatant conflict of interest. <laughs> he's running his own election. Who's in charge of overseeing the vote, yeah. and he's running for governor, and he's using his position of secretary of state to prevent people from voting. It's a good microcosm of the party in general, right? When they realize that, like, the ideas, they've lost on the ideas, so now they just have to figure out any way that they can win at all. We can't win on a level playing field, so therefore we have to uh, tilt the deck. And the other race that we've been following with great excitement is a governor's race down in Florida. It was just less than a week ago that Ron DeSantis and Andrew Gillum uh, met in their first debate. Uh, there was another one last night. Got very awkward for Ron DeSantis, who has um, a long history of some very uh, questionable ties with white supremacist, white nationalist, racist organizations. Um, he was asked about that last night, and he, again, had no answer, was all over the place. Got very defensive, very yeah. angry about very, it. Very angry, very de defensive. How dare you? And he's hanging out with these people, right? Uh, but Andrew Gillum picked it up and just drove it home. My grandmother used to say, a hit dog will holler. Uh, and it hollered uh, through this room. Mr. DeSantis has spoken. Uh, hey, first of all, he's got neo-Nazis helping him out in the state. Uh, he has spoken at racist conferences. He's accepted a contribution and would not return it from someone who referred to the former president of the United States as a Muslim N-I-G-G-E-R. Uh, when asked to return that money, he said no. He's using that money to now fund negative ads. Now, I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. I'm simply saying the racists believe he's a racist. Ooh, I don't think you could say it any better than that. I don't know yeah. how Ron DeSantis no. can show his face in public anymore <laughs> after that. That yeah. was brutal. Right. Ron DeSantis, who, remember, 
uh, the day after he won the Republican nomination, said the last thing we can do in the governor's race in Florida is to monkey it up, making sure that everybody knew that Andrew Gillum was an African-American. That that line that Gillum said at the end, I'm not saying that he's a racist. I'm just saying that the racists believe that he's a racist. I haven't heard that line, uh, but boy, th- more politicians should pick that up because that's more. That's the case more and more when we, when we see what's happening. By the way, and you know what? You can say that about Donald oh, J. Trump absolutely. as well. Yeah. Oh absolutely. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Last. Oh, what a busy news day. Lots coming up here. Elena Treen joins us next from uh, Axios, uh, and to keep the conversation going here on the Bill Press Show, particularly to talk about the, the midterms, the governor's races, and more of those close Senate races. We'll bring you all up to date. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of the Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at BP Show or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show. And on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support. Everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Donald Trump, the man who stokes political violence, is now out there pretending to condemn political violence. Nobody believes him. He is the architect of political violence, and we see it happening, playing out today, where the very people that he has targeted have also been targeted by the new bomber the new Unabomber, I guess. Hello, everybody. On a Thursday, October 25, it is the Bill Press Show. Good to see you today. And thanks so much for being with us as we join you from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and reach out to you and join you wherever you are in this great land of ours. In fact, wherever you are around the globe, uh, coming to you live online, on the radio, and on television. Thanks so much for joining us. Lots going on, of course, Um we are just getting word now that there. we thought that by the end of the program there might be yet another one. It looks like the uh, law enforcement authorities are now investigating a ninth pipe bomb. Uh, this one uh, delivered to the home of former Vice President Joe Biden in Greenville, Delaware, Newcastle County, Delaware, just outside of Wilmington. Uh, don't have... Um, um, much on that yet, just breaking on NBC News. Um, but there was an eighth bomb discovered early this morning uh, at a restaurant owned by actor Robert De Niro in uh, Tribeca area of Manhattan, uh, New York City. Uh, so we'll keep up to date on all of that. Joining us to help us through the news of the day, Elena Treen, from, uh, who's associate news editor at the great Ax- Axios. Hi, Elena. Nice Hi. to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Happy and uh, we want to hear from you and all of you, too, out there in uh, TV, radio land. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. 
We'll jump right back into it, but first... Theater is the full court press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Here you go, Bill. First number down, 56 to lead us oh, off. Damn. And right after that, America, we have the number 53. Here's George Dickerson from Iowa. George won $1 million playing Powerball. Next number down is 45. That's followed by 21. And we're going to wind it up for you tonight. Good luck Whoa. with the number three. <laughs> All right, now for your winning Powerball number, it is 22 tonight, and that power play multiplier is 2. There you go. There are your numbers for the Powerball drawing. Don't bother looking at your numbers, Bill, because no one won last night. Oh, nobody won? Nobody won last night. I forgot to check. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nobody won the Powerball last night, which means that the jackpot grows to $750 million. It is the fourth largest lottery jackpot in the United States history, which seems like nothing after just earlier this week we gave away $1.6 billion on the Mega Millions. When's the next Mega Millions? Uh, I actually don't know when the next Mega Millions is. I can tell you when the next Powerball is. The next drawing is going to be Saturday night. They point out, actually, there has not been a Powerball jackpot winner since August 11th. So, uh, again, Saturday night is the next time that they're going to draw, Bill. I'm sure for you're Powerball. Gonna, for Powerball. For Powerball. Uh, Powerball. Get out there and get yourself... Uh, Get yourself another ticket. You know, all I, I you gotta find the I gotta find the lucky convenience store. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go to South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina is where it's at. Apparently, I talked to my parents yesterday. By the way, uh, who live in Charleston, the winner was apparently in North Charleston, and appears as though they will remain anonymous. Can you? In you South can. Carolina? You can. You can indeed. You can yeah. indeed. Yeah, well, when you see the Rolls Royce pulling up to the front lawn, <laughs> front door, yeah, you know, yeah, you'll... then you kind of know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when they tear down the house and start building the mega mansion, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we... when the yacht shows up in the Charleston <laughs> Harbor. <laughs> we talked to... we Exactly. We talked in the last hour about how the Boston Red Sox have a 2-0 lead in the World Series. Let's talk some basketball. Curry in transition. Up the floor on Rivers. Fires away. Got it! Curry from way out there. Steph Curry last night putting on a show against the Washington Wizards. Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors scored 51 points, oh. hit 11 three-pointers. That moves him onto the into fifth place for the NBA's all-time three-pointers list. A a clinic he put on last night. This guy's awesome, right? 144 points is Did what you? they ended up scoring. Oh god, really? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> This is the Bill Press Show. And uh, it looks like a ninth pipe bomb discovered yet this morning. uh, And the latest at the home of Vice President Joe, former Vice President Joe Biden in Greenville, Delaware. Hello, everybody. Another target of Donald Trump's and another target, of course, of the pipe bomber. Good to see you today. Thank you for joining us. It is the Bill Press Show. This is Thursday, October 25. With our eye on the news of the day, wherever it's happening, we join you coast to coast uh, from our studio on Capitol Hill. Uh, first of all, joining you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Don't forget while you're online, check out our podcast. The uh, podcast keeps growing by leaps and bounds uh, every day. And uh, if you sign up, go to the podcast. Be sure to sign up, uh, and that way you will be part of the team. You'll get all of the stuff that we send out uh, during the day. 
uh, stuff you can't catch in the morning, and also on the weekends, uh, special programming for the uh, those who are um, regular members of our podcast. We're also joining you, of course, on the radio, WCPT out in Chicago. Hello, Chicago. Hello, the greater Chicago area. And we're looking at you on Free Speech TV. Joining us in studio, Elena Treen, uh, Associate News Editor and Reporter for Axios. Hi, Elena. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So i gotta got to start by just updating on these uh, pipe bomb attacks, which are really frightening um, acts of terror uh, uh, directed against leading Democrats and CNN. The one particularly at CNN was pretty chilling yesterday. Definitely. Uh, it's totally terrifying. It's They're still unclear who's sending them if there's one. It does appear that it looks to be like there is one culprit behind it given how it's packaged and how they're all they're all, they're they're all, all identical return address to Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And, um, but uh, so Secret Service, FBI, um, several government agencies are behind this trying to figure out who's the culprit and how to target him. Luck, like, thank goodness, none of them have gone off yet and no one's been hurt. But, um, I mean, we're seeing the ninth package this morning that doesn't seem like there's any slowing down. They're all in the same kind of uh, manila envelope. Um, they all have Debbie Wasserman Schultz's re, uh, district office in Florida right. as the return address. Um, they all have six forever stamps on them. And so they've all been carefully designed so they could fit in a post office box, be dropped off there. They're right. plastic pipes, glass, not nails or whatever, mm-hmm. to keep the weight down. Um, and uh, all directed against leading leading Democrats and then against uh, CNN. Um, the Democrats, the targets so far, uh, Democratic politicians, or in one case, a Democratic donor, uh, bomb number one was George Soros. Number two was Bill and Hillary Clinton. Number three, Barack Obama. Uh, number four, Maxine Waters. Number five, Eric Holder, yep. which was not delivered but returned then to Debbie Wasserman Schultz's office. Uh, John Brennan, former CIA director, that's the one that was sent to him at CNN headquarters at Time Warner Center in New York yesterday. Number seven, I haven't heard too much about, one went to Mario Cuomo, I think his New York office. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, sorry. Yeah, right. Well, that dad. appeared to be, um, they later said that that appeared not to be similar to the other packages that, that were right? sent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this morning, one very the, identical to Robert De Niro's restaurant down in Tribeca part of Manhattan. And again, just 10 minutes ago, breaking uh, that the ninth package addressed to... Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, at his home in Greenville, Delaware, uh, Newcastle County, just outside of Wilmington. And these all happen to be um, the very same people that Donald Trump uh, has attacked uh, in his political rhetoric. Of course, Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary from the beginning, um, and George Soros blaming him for funding a caravan of criminals heading to the United States. You could go down the list. The low IQ Maxine Waters uh, calling John Brennan a low life. Um, no doubt. I mean, that the, the very same people Donald Trump targeted are the very same people that this bomber has targeted. Exactly. Got to make a connection. I mean, you can't, you can't avoid 
the connection. You can't deny the connection. And that's what we're seeing be an issue now with, um, I mean, all eyes. Yesterday, I was very uh, interested to see how the president would handle his rhetoric on this um, at that rally in Wisconsin, um, especially because those are places where he likes to level these attacks. Uh, and uh, he said when he was there that he was like, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, so clearly he had a talking to with some of uh, his staff from the White House. But um, he still called out the media for being uh, biased and needing to be more fair um, and also leveled attacks on um, Leah Vukmer, who he was there rallying for, um, opposition candidate Tammy Baldwin. Um, and so it, it it still continues. We're still seeing today, you know, everyone's saying come together, everyone has to turn down the heat, and yet we're seeing media versus the president, um, the president versus the media, it's it's still continuing, and it's it's sad. <laughs> well, we played a couple of these clips this morning, but it was really instructive. So yesterday he said uh, one thing at the White House before he went off to Wisconsin. Uh, he was there with the first lady saying about talking about the need to unify. I mean, this is he, 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 when Donald Trump gets into this mode, you know, he doesn't sound, I must say, very sincere, but he's trying to say the right words, which, as you point out, right. or some staffer wrote for him. In these times, we have to unify. We have to come together and send one very clear, strong, unmistakable message that acts or threats of political violence of any kind have no place in the United States of America. Uh, Well, the words, I mean, (laughs) that's true. But this is a guy who just a few nights ago in Montana where Greg Gianforte is there, Republican congressman, who body slammed a reporter and Donald Trump praising him for it. By the way, way, never wrestle him. You understand that? Never. Any guy that can do a body slam, he's my kind. I mean, you can't have it both ways, Mm -hmm. right? No, totally. And uh, that's what people are saying today. And even... Uh, this morning, he sent a tweet saying that um, talking about the, the, mo- the biased media and um, especially people are saying this is totally inappropriate after especially that bomb being sent to CNN. And so, um, you know, it's not something you think that some of these things you have the you're the president of the United States. You have the chance to address the public address what is going on here. We're seeing several Republicans. We saw Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell say this. We saw Senator Marco Rubio say this. Senator Jeff Flake. Several Republicans are coming out calling it domestic terrorism and calling it as it is, um, almost matching Democrats' rhetoric on this. But um, as a president of the United States, you have to be the leader of that. And we're still seeing this um, tearing down of the media and blaming others for what's going on. Yeah. I mean, when you call CNN and other members of the media the enemy of the American people, that resonates. Mm-hmm. When you call Democrats evil, which he has in the last week several times, when you refer to members of the Democratic Party as members of the mob, right? When you say they are too dangerous to govern, words have there will be consequences, words, right? Especially yeah, coming right. from you know the commander in chief, the executive branch. So, uh, and and at the rally last night, he said uh, he again uh, the irony, audacity of him to say this about um, anybody who would call. How dare anybody call their opponents, political opponents, morally defective? There's much we can do to bring our nation together. For example, those engaged in the political arena 
must stop treating political opponents as being morally defective. Again, he says that, and then he turns around and he calls Democrats evil. I mean, there's no word that, that best describes exactly what he's trying to condemn than the use of that word evil. It's definitely or referring a to him standard. as the mob. Right. And we even see that. We saw that last night as well with um, Sean Hannity from Fox News. He, he was talking about, no, he took actually more of a, um, uh, we have to turn down the heat that everyone needs to calm down before someone gets hurt. And, you know, you look at Sean Hannity. He is one of the president's biggest supporters and who follows the same line of rhetoric by using very harsh language and divisive language on his show uh, to call out Democrats, to call out the media. So we're seeing a double standard there as well. Right. And the thing that really, really offends me is so many people who are saying this just shows that both sides have to right. lower the rhetoric. Both sides have to. I mean, it, the, 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 the heated, violent political rhetoric is not coming today from both sides. It's coming from the right, and particularly it's coming from Donald Trump, right? I mean, again, I, I've never heard any Democrat, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, you name it, Bernie Sanders, anybody, call, that, call Republicans evil, you know? Call the Republican Party the mob. I'm sure there is someone on the on well, on, on the, the left who has said maybe. that. But I, I I I and especially when you're the party in power, um, they have much more of a of a platform um, that resonates. I I agree with that. Right, but you know, so um, since we since we've come in this morning, there've been an eighth bomb and there's a ninth bomb. You know, this isn't the end. And I don't think it's the end for other uh, media media outlets. I mean, he has, among all the media, he has singled out particularly CNN. Mm -hmm. But he's also slammed CBS and NBC and ABC. Times, Washington Post. I don't know whether he's going after Axios yet. Um, Hopefully not yet. (laughs) Or the the Bill Press show. But, um, but, you know, uh, whoever is behind this, it's, it's almost... It's almost uh, a license for them to go after anybody that Donald Trump has. Now, in the meantime, um, this takes away from some of the attention that we've been giving to the um, midterm elections. But let's start with uh, Florida, because we just heard a little clip from Andrew Gillum last night. There was another, yet another debate Mm-hmm. Where Ron DeSantis and uh, and Andrew Gillum. This is, I think, the most exciting governor's race. It in the is country. so exciting. I mean, most people don't really follow governor's races that closely unless it's in your own uh, in your own state. And Florida has just really taken that level up. It's become more popular than many Senate and House races. Uh, it's the both candidates are so fiery and so passionate um, in their own way, um, and so different that it's really created this spectacle in Florida. There are 36 governor's races up. We should be paying more attention to them and because they're so critical, particularly given the fact that Democrats only have 15 governorships now, right? They have a chance to pick up another 10, 12, 15 uh, in, uh, across the Midwest, you know, in Illinois, uh, in uh, Minnesota, right. I know, in Wisconsin, yep. in Iowa maybe, uh, in New Mexico, and Georgia and Florida. So last night at this debate where Ron DeSantis didn't really have an answer for why he is hanging out with so many um, 
white nationalist and outright racist organization. And just really quickly, because so the yeah. moderator starts down this path of talking about all the different white supremacists and Nazis and racists that are supporting DeSantis' campaign, and he never finishes the question. And DeSantis interrupts and just er gets very angry and talks about all the accusations and mm-hmm. and the the moderator says. You know, I wasn't going to ask the question that you think I was going to ask, but now I'm not going to ask it because you just interrupted and wouldn't let me finish. And he it was he was very angry. DeSantis got very angry over the whole thing. Right. And Andrew Gillum just covers it, wraps it all up uh, magnificently. My grandmother used to say a hit dog will holler uh, and it hollered uh, through this room. Mr. DeSantis has spoken. Uh, hey, first of all, he's got neo-Nazis helping him out in this state. Uh, he has spoken at racist conferences. He's accepted a contribution and would not return it from someone who referred to the former president of the United States as a Muslim, N-I-G-G-E-R. Uh, when asked to return that money, he said no. He's using that money to now fund negative ads. Now, I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. I'm simply saying the racists believe he's a racist. <laughs> Uh, Hell of a great, line. great way of saying it. Great Truly. Line. Yeah. He, Andrew Gillum is a pistol. Both of them are, but. But particularly, you know, and, and the idea that uh, the mayor of Tallahassee um, never run statewide before, right, would emerge. And, and having won the primary against, right. as he said, the only non-millionaire in the primary. Uh, and just surprised the hell out of everybody. by Totally. And, 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 you know, he's a he's a real rock star. Yeah. Right. And the thing with Florida, too, is that it is one of those states that it's truly a, a question mark because you have pockets where Democrats are leading full force. You have pockets where Republicans are leading full force, different districts and different areas of Florida, you know, have the places that are closer to Georgia, um, very red and um, voting for Trump. And then you have the other places um, more in the middle of Florida that came out very strong for Hillary Clinton in 2016. So it truly is, I think it's going to depend on ener- energy and enthusiasm and which areas and which voters from different parts of Florida come out on Election Day in November um, to decide what will happen. Um, I saw on Politico, yes, or I'm sorry, on Axios yesterday, mm-hmm. um, Alexi McCammon, maybe you were part of that story too. I didn't pay that much attention to the bylines. article about the presence and the power of women, particularly in the midterm elections right. this year, which is really impressive. And none of them probably more impressive than Stacey Abrams, talking about governor's races, mm-hmm. governor of, uh, of Georgia, uh, up against Brian Kemp, the secretary of state down there. And yesterday, Stacey Abrams uh, got a big win when a judge said that these 50,000 people that Brian Kemp had been refusing to certify having for new voter registrations he had to sort of, or the state had to certify right. and allow them to vote. I mean, Georgia, there's been so much. I mean, that could decide the election. Totally. There's been so many voter issues there. Um, this has been a continual thing. Um, and for the judge to to strike down what Brian Kemp has done um, was definitely a huge win for Stacey Abrams and other Democrats in, in the area. Right. I mean, they have a long history of voter suppression. Definitely. Right? It's been years. Right. Uh, predating Brian Kemp, but he's the latest manifestation of it. Uh, And the latest numbers that I saw there, he was ahead by one and a half points. Basically, it's a a toss-up. Right, which is crazy. No one expected that. Uh, It's it's pretty remarkable 
what Stacey Abrams has done in Georgia. And it's it's what we're seeing, um, a reflection of what we are seeing. You mentioned that piece that my colleagues wrote yesterday. Um, from across the country, women are running. This race this year uh, will be so different from any other midterms election race that we've seen. Um, and uh, truthfully, it's it, it really will decide what, especially um, in the House, like the number of women candidates running the House and Senate, um, but the House particularly, if Democrats do take that back in November, uh, Congress will look like a very different place. It'll be a lot more women. It'll be a lot more minorities um, and truly different than what we've seen in uh, year. Uh, and if Democrats do succeed, will the House be led by a female speaker? Uh, it seems more. It's it's unclear. I I haven't. I've tried very hard. I have a lot of sources who work with Pelosi and um, others uh, who might have knowledge of really what's going to happen with her. It's still very unclear, at least. Um, in the sense that I've gotten from those sources on the Hill, what she will do. Um, of course, much earlier, we've saw a lot of pushes, especially when we saw Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania and others say that they were, they almost used them criticizing uh, Speaker, who would be Speaker Pelosi, saying they wouldn't take a Speaker Pelosi um, to help them. But now, you know, you have to, it seems like they need to put a woman um, in that role if they do take back the House. And she has said very clearly she's not going away. Right, but um, she's now. Um, and and by the way, there is no no one, to my knowledge, who has announced. Some people have said they wouldn't vote for her, but right. there's no candidate against her so far. There's right, nobody and who's she's a, never lost. Right, no, when she's no, right. been in this leadership role or one for so, a leadership position. Uh, you can't beat somebody with nobody, mm -hmm. right? Uh, nobody has emerged as a as a possible or even a likely candidate. And the other thing is, I've got to say, um, first of all, she's done incredibly well. Uh, when she, the few years that she was speaker, they it's when Obamacare went through, accomplished a lot. If you look at her record, she's a very effective speaker, and she's raised more money than anybody else has ever had as speaker uh, or as a leader, right, Democratic right. leader. Uh, if Democrats take back the House, thanks in large part to her leadership, I, there's no way that you can deny her the right. speakership. No way. Uh, no way. No. Yeah. Now, lately she said that she is a transitional speaker, right. which may indicate that she'll serve two years and, and then, then groom somebody to move up, right? But I think right. the fact is Nancy Pelosi will be speaker. Well, she also and knows she should be. she's – I mean, I think the thing that will be the, the biggest scare um, – that I know a lot of people at the White House uh, are very concerned about is that if Democrats take the House, the investigative power that they'll have to subpoena the subpoena power and different investigations they'll be able to launch for oversight and things like that. And someone like Nancy Pelosi knows what she's doing. Um, and the the whole talk about a potential replacement for her was about having a fresher face. But a fresher face means a little more or a little less experience, whereas that's something that Nancy Pelosi knows exactly what she's doing. And I think that would lead, and I know that people at the White House and Republicans are afraid of what she could do in that role um, from an investigative standpoint. Right. Uh, and you know, some progressives are a little uh, disappointed because um, she has not been beating the drum for uh, impeachment. But I think in, in, in her role- I think role, it's a totally smart move on her half. Absolutely. Her yeah. behalf. Right. I mean, it may or may not happen, but in her role, she doesn't want to be out there right. saying 
this is our number one issue, right? Perhaps after I, I do believe that after if they do win uh, the midterms and they do or they they win the House in November, I I can see it definitely being a much bigger issue that they think they can rally behind. Uh but she's she's smart. I mean, it's like what happened with the Abolish Ice campaign um, and Kristen Gillibrand and others who kind of rally behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, it did more detriment to them than it did help them. And I think that's what she said similarly um, with this impeachment message. Right. Um, you were also uh, on, uh, just away from politics for a second. Sure. You've been uh, looking at the um, the fact that uh, the FBI or the CIA mm-hmm. um, getting involved in the investigation into the murder of Jamal Khashoggi and the head of the CIA going to Turkey? Gina Haspel, yes. Gina Haspel. Uh, What's her role there? So she uh, went to Turkey uh, on Monday. She flew there. Um, And that was a day before that uh, Turkish president Erdogan Mm -hmm. um, released findings from their investigation into what happened to Jamal Khashoggi. and forgive me if I'm pronouncing his his name wrong. But uh, yeah, so she's been, I mean, I think that if you look at the type of people that they sent the president on Monday as well, earlier before it was known that Gina Haspel had flown to Turkey, he said that he had senior intelligence officials in Turkey, in Saudi Arabia, looking for real answers to what happened. Because clearly, um, you know, Turkey has one side of it. Saudi Arabia is obviously saying another and denying a lot of... Um, what is being alleged against them. And so uh, I think it just shows that to have your CIA director over there um, just shows the level of seniority and the seriousness of the situation and that the administration is taking it. Taking it seriously to to find out exactly what yes. happened. Did she, uh, so she's, it's interesting, she went there, she did not go to Saudi Arabia. Exactly. I mean, Mike Pompeo went to Saudi Arabia right. for the grip and grin. Um, <laughs> did she hear the audio tape? Uh, that is unclear to me. Um, I'm, this is the is it. is there an audio tape? Uh, I can't say this for certain. <laughs> I, this is with intelligence sources and things like that. They don't. They don't. They're not as good leakers as um, most <laughs> other sources in Washington. Unfortunately, we saw that with we see that with uh, Robert Mueller, and you don't really get much from uh, from his office. But um, I mean, it's definitely. Obvious, I think that you know between the NSA, the CIA, all of our incredibly talented organizations here with so many resources, they they have. If there is a tape, they have it. If there is um, any sort of evidence that is truly, I think um, any, I think whatever Turkey might have, they probably have. There's there's so much that those agencies have that we have no idea about. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that there are. Um, more reasons for why she's over there than what we believe. And does this mean that we are going to be active partners in this in this, in this investigation? I mean, I, I, FBI or CIA personnel assigned to it, or do we know? It's really, un- it, I think it does come down to what the president and this White House direct them to do. They work for him. And uh it's clear that they're walking a very fine line. They're trying to call it out as what it is, as this horrific, heinous act um, that they won't allow to go with without consequence. And we especially saw Vice President Mike Pence um, actually give a much stronger and harsher stance on this. And, of course, he runs all his answers by the president. Mike, Vice President Mike Pence doesn't yeah. say anything without that the president doesn't know. So um, he took a harsher stance to that. But, um, again, then you see the president saying that you have to be – in 
Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying that they have all these deals that they've worked for. They've really brandished this relationship and reputation of the uh, Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, They don't want to let that go to waste. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of um, arms sales that they've done. And so there is this fine line that I think they're walking so they don't come off looking, you know, basically like jerks for not taking this harsh stance against what has happened, but by also continuing their business relationships. I think the the other shoe that has to fall is finding the body or finding the body parts. Parts, uh, And they may not all be in one place. But uh, I was reading this morning, I mean, the latest um, suspect, uh, they still suspect that they're buried in the garden of the Saudi consulate's Residence and a well there, which they were not able to get into because there's some methane gas they had to deal with or something and find the source of that. Um, But uh, that would uh, be insane. They find, (laughs) you know, if they find the by in the in the consulate, not only was he murdered in the consulate, but the buried in the garden of the residence. It's just a horrific. It is horrific, horrific and it's all over in terms of the Saudis trying, totally. to, t- trying to turn this they, into pretend it was a rogue operation, an interrogation gone right. awry. Uh, a yeah. Saudi prosecutor actually this morning said uh, that this was premeditated from what the, he's seen in the investigations that have come out now, that it seemed like it was premeditated. I mean, a lot of people had assumed that already, but of course, the Saudi story is that there was a fistfight that broke out, and that's how he, how he was killed. It just, it's uh, unbelievable. This yeah. entire no, no, no. Totally, narrative, totally, literally <laughs> unbelievable, and exactly. no, and nobody believes it. Right? Not even the no. crown prince. Uh, the crown prince believes it. Hey, Landa, good to see you. Thanks so much for coming in. Always a pleasure. Right? Thanks uh, for having me. I'm a big fan of Axios and all of your uh, colleagues there, uh, whom we know well and uh, often have entertained your colleagues here in the studio yep. too. So. Uh, say hello to everybody Big fans for us. Of the show. Come back again for us. Uh, and you can follow uh, Elena and all the rest at Axios.com. Alice Alstein from Politico joins us next. What about those pre existing conditions? Who is really trying to undercut them and who's trying to save them? The Bill Press Show, Thursday, October 25. We continue after a short break. Don't go away, but we'll be right back. Take The Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and catch the highlights from every show. Here we are, Thursday, October 25, uh, wrapping up our show here with a lot of breaking news this morning. The Bill Press Show, live from our nation's capital, joining you everywhere in this great land of ours, coast to coast, online, on YouTube, and on the radio out in the great WCPT in the Chicago area. Uh, It's hard to keep up with the changing story, but um, the Saudis have changed their story yet again. Now they are saying this was not a uh, uh, rogue, just a rogue affair, uh, that uh, or an interrogation that went awry. Uh, and ended up in a fist fight, and by mistake, somebody got Mr. Khashoggi in a chokehold and strangled him. They didn't mean to do it, and nobody. Now, the Saudi government is saying it was a premeditated murder. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? How many times can they change their story and have any credibility whatsoever? I mean, they haven't had any from, from the beginning, and um, and on top of that, the crown prince himself who um, most people believe ordered the operation, or ordered the murder, uh, went off out yesterday giving a speech 
condemning it and calling it a heinous crime. You know, we talked about this a lot at the beginning of this story. This is Trump's impact on the rest of the world. If you tell eight or nine versions of the truth, people don't know what to believe. Yeah. And they sort of lose interest, frankly. Mm-hmm. And if you deny, 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 yeah, chances are, you know, you're going to get away with it. Um, before we get too far here, we want to welcome <laughs> to the studio Alice Olstein from Politico, a uh, healthcare reporter for, for Politico, uh, because we do want to get, pardon me, get the latest on the status of Obamacare and pre-existing conditions and all the, pardon me, all those important issues. Alice, it's nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you catch up on a, on, a, on a day when there's a lot of uh, breaking news. Yes. And so that's one br- bit of breaking news. Uh, the other is that there has been, since we've been on the air, yet another pipe bomb uh, discovered by law enforcement authorities just before we got on the air was number eight, um, identical to the ones that were sent yesterday to John Brennan, Maxine Waters, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and um, CNN. Uh, identical to that this morning found at the restaurant in Manhattan owned by uh, actor Robert De Niro, um, another critic of President Donald Trump's. I don't know whether Trump has gone after De Niro by name or not. You know, I haven't mean, searched through his Twitter feed. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say that there's a smack against Robert De Niro in there probably. somewhere. Probably, yeah. But. And the latest, since we've been on the air, uh, discovered uh, at the home of former Vice President Joe Biden in Greenville, Delaware, mm-hmm. Newcastle County. Uh, identical, again, a package um, with uh, the Florida District Office address of Congresswoman Deborah Wasserman Schultz, as the return address, like all the others, were sent. It's kind of strange that he gave that, picked that one former member of the DNC, I guess that's the connection, but at any rate. Uh, so um, we've been at it for a little while, thanks to all of you, and we love hearing from uh, all of you, Peter. Yes, indeed. We're on Twitter at BP Show, at BP Show. Remember, we have our poll up about Megyn Kelly and should her show be canceled after her public defense of blackface. Lots of comments on that. Greg Rubin says, let NBC continue to show how they are part of the problem. Uh, Someone else says they are not going to get rid of Megyn Kelly because they have way too much money invested in her, which might actually be – I mean, look, we – who knows what's going to happen, but they certainly have invested a lot of money into her. They have. CNN is reporting today that uh, it's a done deal, that they, they've, uh, they're have they just working out now uh, the details of her exit. But she is paid $23 million a year for nothing, for bringing nothing yeah, to the much. network. Pretty much. Uh, and Luna, who I read a comment from earlier, commented again because she knew that we were going to be talking to uh, Alice Olstein about uh, health care. Maybe we should let them make private insurance worthless. It would bring it would ma- it would provide a perfect reason to bring in Medicare for all. Another uh, ringing endorsement for Medicare for all. Remember, we're taking comments all day long, not just when we're on the air all day long uh, at BP show. Find us there. Leave your comments. Yeah. Um, so. Alice, the president yesterday or the day before said uh, Republicans want to protect people with pre-existing conditions. Democrats want to take that protection away. Well, that was uh, gave us all a headache for a few reasons. Uh, so it, it's just the opposite, isn't it? Yes. And so here's why. Um, 
House Republicans voted last year to repeal the Affordable Care Act, and they voted on a bill that would have allowed states to waive protections um, and charge people with pre-existing conditions more money um, and charge older people more money. You're seeing that in ads right now as an age tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and they set up um, sort of a fig leaf saying, oh, here's a pool of money to help those people who are sick with pre-existing conditions who are being priced out of the market because the states are waving. Here's some money to, to help them. But everyone agreed it was far from enough. Um, and states would have been allowed under that bill that all these vulnerable House Republicans voted for. The states would have been able to define what a plan has to cover that's called essential health benefits. So they could say, okay, uh, plans don't have to cover maternity benefits or plans don't have to cover mental health um, or even emergency room visits. Uh, Mm. So uh, people with pre-existing conditions would have been a little bit screwed in many different ways under that bill. Now you're getting a lot of revision (laughs) in how that's being presented on the campaign trail. And on the administration side, President Trump's Justice Department is fighting in court right now to get rid of Obamacare's protections for pre-existing conditions. They joining a lawsuit filed yes. by Republican attorneys general. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, that case could be handed down any day now. Um, but the the Republican states argued in court that all of Obamacare should go. The Justice Department joined in and said, well, not all of it. Just the pre-existing conditions part, just the part people like. Um, so to do that right before an election was a, a head scratcher for sure to go after the most popular part. Um, and not to mention that they tried to repeal Obamacare in the Senate like five times, yes, right? Or yes. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Three times at exactly. least. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't so, actually pass it like the House did. No. Yeah. So, But that bill passed by the House, I wanted yes. to ask you that. Right. Never got through the Senate. No. Okay. But they did. The House did pass it, and exactly. they're the ones that have to answer for it. Exactly, right? yes. And so, uh, you're... so it's just stunning. Maybe it shouldn't be, but it's stunning that Donald Trump, because, as you point out, there is so much evidence, undeniable evidence, that they're on the exact opposite side. I mean, they are trying in several, three ways we've identified to get rid of the protection for people with preexisting conditions. The Republican Party is... It's stunning that Donald Trump could assert that we're the ones trying to protect them and Democrats are the ones trying to take it away. I mean, healthcare is very complicated. And uh, when you're boiling things down to very simple campaign messages, I mean, basically what we're seeing from the two parties and ads right now is I will protect pre-existing conditions. No, I will protect pre-existing conditions because to go into the nitty-gritty of this bill would have allowed states to waive this exact protection in do, this way, true. that but loses when, people. True, but when you do look at the evidence, yes. one party is telling the truth and the other is not. Yes. Well, one party is uh, not wanting to run on their actual record. Um, and what right. I think is really interesting is you saw a wave of ads earlier on from Democrats talking about their personal experience having a pre-existing condition or having a family member with a pre-existing condition. And those ads were very emotional and effective, and they used them to slam their Republican counterparts. And then you saw a wave of Republicans making very similar ads, and they were saying, I would never go after pre-existing conditions. My mother has whatever. Um, But the problem there is that all may be perfectly true, but they still have this vote in their past that would have uh, eroded those protections. Right. 
Uh, and in light of this, uh, Mitch McConnell last week said, um, well, we think we're going to hold on to the Senate, and it's important that we do. And boy, if we are still in control in, uh, in the next Congress, uh, first thing we're going to do is repeal Obamacare. And that that was another that was another head scratcher politically because uh, you have lots of vulnerable Republican candidates across the country who do not want to talk about that at all. Um, But yes, I mean, if if they had the votes, they would do it. If they had the votes, they would have done it before. They didn't. If they have the votes in the future, I'm sure they'll keep trying forever. (laughs) Right. Uh, And meanwhile, without repeal outright appeal, repeal rather, Mm -hmm. of the entire act, uh, in many ways the administration is done everything they can by executive power to weaken, if not gut, the act. Yes, just this week um, there was a new announcement. Oh, yeah. Just this week um, there was a new announcement where um, it was guidance for states on how to submit waivers. And these waivers were originally designed under Obamacare to allow states to experiment in ways to strengthen their individual markets. But now the administration is saying that they encourage waivers allowing non-Obamacare uh, compliant plans, like these short-term plans that are allowed to discriminate on pre-existing conditions. And so that but, but is yet it, another way. Right there. That's, mm-hmm. that's one other bit of evidence yes. that the Republicans are trying to undo it. Is yes. they, the Obama administration, the Trump administration, yes. did okay, I believe by executive order, these short-term plans mm-hmm. uh, which would enable and allow insurance companies to sell policies that do not cover or do not recognize pre-existing conditions, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually, tomorrow here in D.C. is a lawsuit about that um, from all of these patient protection groups saying that that violates the text of the Affordable Care Act and is, you know, illegal. So there's going to be arguments about that tomorrow, uh, whether the short-term plans are legal. Um, but meanwhile, they're going to be sold. And the fear is that young and healthy people who think they don't need full protections will migrate to those short-term plans because they're going to be much cheaper. And that's going to drain the individual market of those young, healthy people. When there's just older, sicker people left, premiums go sky high and sure. many people can't afford coverage at all. Right. Um and and so with when is the enrollment period for for that's November. another way that yeah. I, I thought it was coming up yep. right yep. so this is another way that that the trump administration the trump has been has been trying to squash obamacare just by sort of keeping the enrollment period a big secret, right? Yes, they're doing a lot less to promote it. They're um, funding outreach a lot less. They cut the length of the enrollment period. Um, uh, A lot of those changes happened last year. This year is going to be very similar to last year. What was interesting last year, though, is even despite all of that, despite all of the outreach cuts and the advertising cuts and shortening the enrollment period, um, enrollment was still pretty high. People wanted health care. So it didn't dip as much as people thought. So we'll see this year, now that officially the mandate is going away, um, what's going to happen, whether enrollment is going to go down by a lot or not. Right. And um, part of that, too, is so people have to sign up 
re re up every year. Is that right? If they're on the individual market, yes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and, you know, folks should keep in mind that there's so much focus politically on the individual market and arguing over that. Um, that is the a tiny minority of people in the country and how they get their health care. Most people get their health care through work or through Medicare or Medicaid. Um, the individual market is actually pretty small. Not that those people don't matter. And it's still mil- millions of people, but just in the grand scheme of things. Well, yes. uh, the reason I ask you that is because I was getting to ask you and you, you just mentioned it. Medicaid. Medicaid yes. is the expansion of Medicaid under Obamacare has mm-hmm. been where most new people have gotten their coverage, correct? Yes, and that could take a huge leap next year depending on the outcome of this election. Um, three states are voting on whether to expand Obamacare and I'm sorry, Medicaid uh, under Obamacare and uh, Montana is voting on whether to keep their expansion or end it. Um, on top of that, there's a bunch of governor's races where the Democrat uh, could take the seat of a Republican and Democrats are promising to fight for Medicaid expansion if that happens. And so all all of those combined, I mean, we could see millions more people coming into Medicaid. No, I haven't seen anybody reporting on that, but that's absolutely... You'll see me reporting on it soon. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at these Democratic ra- governor's races, and we talked yes. a, uh, a little earlier uh, about this with Elena Treen from uh, from Axios, the governor's races are so critical this year. Yes. And um, uh, th- you should say where, where Republican governors have said, uh, with the exception of John Kasich, it went right. just the opposite direction. We don't want anything to do with this expanded Medicaid. Uh, those guys are out and a Democratic governor is in. Um, they could just easily say, no, we're on board. Don't forget, right? Mike Pence also took expansion. Did he really? When he was governor. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting, right? <laughs> I, I wonder what his position is now. Yeah, I'm sure. I, he, I know what his position is He wants to repeal Obamacare, now. yes. Yeah, right, um, exactly. But, um, yeah, no, I'm going down to Georgia uh, tomorrow, actually, um, because that is one of the closest governor's races in the entire Absolutely. country. Right. And it couldn't be a clear divide on health care. The Democrat, Stacey Abrams, said, I will fight for expansion as soon as I get into office. And the Republican says that is the wrong way to go. That is a slippery slope to government socialist healthcare takeover. Um, so <laughs> very clear contrast there. Uh, and expansion would cover half a million people who are currently uninsured. In Georgia? Just in Georgia, yes. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really find it hard to believe. Uh, I know we can disagree on policies and stuff, but like th- talk about looking a gift horse in the mouth. For governors, this is a good deal, right? First, yeah. That's the, what John Kasich said. You've mm-hmm. got these people in... Ohio, who cannot afford mm-hmm. health insurance. And here the government comes along and says, you know, if they're a certain poverty level, mm-hmm. that they they qualify for Medicaid. And the federal government, at least for the first four or five years, pays 100%. Um, and y- then the states pick we're up. We're a little further into that now okay. because yeah, of when it started. So where are but we now? Yeah. We're, I, I believe we're getting to 90%. Um, oh, whoa. Yes. <laughs> you mean states would have to pay 10%? Right. Oh, God. And so what's interesting is that a lot of governors are trying to make the fiscal argument, not the people deserve health care argument, um, and, and framing it as 
right now our federal tax dollars are going to other states for their expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Why why aren't we getting our own money back? Right. Um, and so that's a, that's a solid oops, argument. Um, so you're seeing Democrats um, trying to appeal to Republicans with that, you know, getting our own tax dollars back kind of that angle. That's a very solid argument. States, um, a lot of states have always made that argument. Yes. You know, we send. I mean, I remember when I was working for Jerry Brown in mm-hmm. California. I forget what the number was, but we would always talk about the fact we send Washington a dollar. You know, and we get like 35 cents back or mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was at right. the time. Uh, right. And states have always been very aware of that. And with Medicaid, sure, a state like um, Texas, I guess, that doesn't have expansive in Medicaid, right. I just guess, giving Greg Abbott. Correct. <laughs> uh, all that money that uh, the Texas taxpayers are paying is going to support Medicaid pe- people in other states. Right. Um, a, and a there problem are millions in- and millions of people mm-hmm. who could use it in Texas and benefit from it. I mean, an issue in places like Texas and Georgia is that the people who um, are most pro-Medicaid expansion and would benefit from it the most are the least likely to vote, especially in a midterm year, which is why you're seeing all of these groups pouring energy into getting those infrequent voters registered and out out to the polls. Right. It's so important. I mean, vote people, vote your own interests, right? Vote your own needs and and um, uh, and don't yeah, don't stay home. Get out and vote. It's, it's, it's there's so much, so much on the line for that. And and so um, Republicans say they are concerned about the cost of Medicaid expansion, the, the fraction that the state does have to pay. But states have come up with pretty interesting ways to deal with that. Some have um, taxed big sort of. Uh, hospital systems. Um, Montana had a tobacco tax to fund mm-hmm. it. So um, p- states do come up with different ways to make it happen. And and when you're thinking about the cost of it, you also have to think this is having these people insured will reduce other costs like emergency room visits, for example, are right. extremely expensive when people aren't insured, go to the emergency room for something can't pay, the state has to cover that. So it it's sort of, you have to look at the bigger picture. Now, what I find the most interesting factor uh, in the whole healthcare debate this year is that we have House candidates, Senate candidates, gubernatorial candidates mm-hmm. this year, Democrats, who are running on Medic- Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. The Bernie Sanders 2016 message, Mm -hmm. which at the time establishment Democrats said is unrealistic and it's it's pie in the sky and and suddenly it's become sort of the Democratic Bible for health care. I mean, not every single candidate. Yeah, not everywhere. But but more and more. I mean, look at Andrew Gillum in Florida, Mm -hmm. right? I think Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Yeah. And um, so you definitely have a lot of Democrats that um, are talking about that. And you have a lot of energy from the base that wants that. Right. So if the Democrats take back and, you know, John Conyers, I remember he said this bill in former Mm -hmm. John John Conyers. Uh, I forget his co-authors. We've had several of them here in the studio. Right. But 
So there are others, I'm sure, who have picked up the torch, uh, Mark Bocan from uh, from mm-hmm, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. If Democrats take back the House, you think we'll see a Medicare for all bill? But Bernie Sanders has introduced one in the Senate. Yes. Harder to get out of the Senate. But Definitely. But do you think there'll be a House version of it? Um, my sense from talking to lawmakers is that um, that would not be the first priority. The first priority would be undoing the damage done to the Affordable Care Act by the administration. Which is a good, yeah, good, good way to start. So, you know, they want to shore that up as much as possible before talking about some sort of big new overhaul. And I expect there to be a lot of infighting when that debate finally happens because there are a bunch of different competing plans right? Um, and ideas. And, and with all of them, um, I, I, I imagine that any transition from a system where we are today where mm-hmm. basically the private insurance companies control everything mm-hmm. to a Medicare for all plan, mm-hmm would be a transition to. It would be in stages, right? Sure. It's not going to happen like overnight. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, Obamacare didn't happen overnight, and that was a much more modest <laughs> change. And yeah. it took years and years to implement, and we're still going to fight over it forever. Um, but I, I think that there are there are middle grounds here. I mean, people have talked about just extending the age of eligibility of Medicare, for example, like yeah. started at 50 just right. for a start yeah. Yeah. and see how yeah. that goes. I think that's how it can yeah. come. Every year it'll inch down mm-hmm. a little bit. Or do an optional buy-in, which some states have attempted to propose um, and put forward. So that's another potential path. So I think we're going to see a lot of debate <laughs> about what is the right way to go. And then uh, when, when we get there, I think they should rename it and call it Bernie Care. <laughs> right. Because uh, Bernie's the one that started it. I think sure. everyone's going to want to take credit. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was very interesting that basically every senator who's discussed as a 2020 candidate. They're all running on it. They're all, yeah. they all endorsed. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so. Cory Booker and Jill Rand and Kamala Harris and all of them. Keep with up, keep up with all the happenings in healthcare uh, from Alice Olstein at Politico, Politico.com. Thanks, Alice, for coming Thanks in. Thanks so much. Have a great Thursday, folks. Sabrina Siddiqui here tomorrow. How about Press that? Show.